0: Welcome back, Buckeye fans. Week one is in the books. The Buckeyes made the long trip—not well, too long trip—out to Indiana, down into Bloomington. They looked at the Hoosiers. They saw them eye to eye. They played pretty darn well, but the offense got gunked up, like a little bit of gum kind of stuck in the stuck in the wheels. And we'll get to all that and more. Uh, excited to look forward. Uh, to the to this next week with a great opponent coming to town for the home opener for Ohio State but before we get into all of that reintroduce my co-host now as always Adam Adam how we doing doing good um Buckeyes uh not firing on every possible cylinder in the engine but we'll get into that and uh but a win is a win on the road in the Big Ten can't be too upset about that although Buckeye fans always finding a way to do, to be that upset about that. Uh, For sure. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, you know, similar to what you said, uh, you know, we've been doing this podcast. This is season six, as we've mentioned before. And I can't help but, you know, have this wild feeling of deja vu. You know, we, we build ourselves up to the opener. We, we tell ourselves, you know, six different ways how all these different Buckeyes are probably going to have Heisman you know, seasons, and, and some of them very may well still uh, by the end of the season. But we get to the opener, whether it's home, whether it's on the road, whether it's a Big Ten opponent, whether it's a non-conference opponent who we open up with, and, and we'll, we'll get more into it when we get to our picks, right? But we all chose the Buckeyes to cover. It was a pretty sizable spread, spread minus spread 30, uh, going going to, you know, a Big Ten opponent stadium to open up. And not only that a first year starting quarterback, you know, going, going into that stadium, no matter who started on Saturday. And you got, you kind of saw maybe what that is. And a lot of Buckeye fans were pretty upset. Uh, You know, you walk out of the door, uh, you know, on Saturday, 23 Ohio state and Indiana three in a game that, even though the offense didn't run well, still not as close as it sounds, you know, at no point in the game, did it feel like Ohio state was ever in jeopardy of losing the game. Some of that goes to Tom Allen, Indiana's coach and their offensive play calling. Uh, you know, they were, they were trying two quarterbacks out too, but you wouldn't have known it because they really didn't throw the ball down the field at all. They really ran the triple option, almost like a service Academy for a lot of the game. And, uh, you know, kind of just gunked it up. You could tell even going into half, you know, the Buckeyes score a field goal uh, before they walk into the locker room. And Coach Allen on the Indiana sideline is is celebrating like they've won the game all because they're within a touchdown of Ohio State going into halftime. And, you know, if that's the expectations their program has, so be it. Um, there have been years in the past where Big Ten coaches are literally coaching to try and keep their jobs, even if they know they're going to lose going into a game. I wonder how many years we have left of of that being, you know, accepted here in the Big Ten. Mainly because one of the biggest, I mean, the biggest storyline coming out of Week One, and we're not going to spend a ton of time on it because this is an Ohio State podcast. But Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and the in Colorado, you know, everybody kind of counting them out going into Week One as they uh, went into TCU to take on the national champ runner-up, uh, champs from last season, and. Outclass them on the field. They just straight up win the game, and Sanders does that in one year. Removed from Colorado last year, winning one game the entire season, and just the speed of a turnaround and how quickly that can happen with the transfer portal and just kind of the control that players have of their own journeys and what coaches are able to do when they go into a place and how they can reset it so quickly. I just wonder how many years a coach like a Tom Allen has left where they're literally just coaching to save their job. They're trying to make it seem like they're playing a close game, um, with the big dogs instead of actually trying to win, you know, going for touchdowns down the stretch and, and going for it all the time. Um, anyway, getting off topic a little bit, Adam, the story from Saturday, I guess is Kyle McCord for the Buckeyes and just him in the opener. Give us some of your initial thoughts uh, from Kyle on Saturday. Well, uh, had to spend uh my my time watching it as a 60 minute rewatch on Big Ten Network as I was at a wedding uh just a friendly reminder try not to schedule your weddings in the fall I know it is a little early but uh, that being said I thought McCord looked good um had had uh less time than you would like for your uh, rookie quarterback your first year starting quarterback uh in the pocket I think it goes to the line a little bit more than anything Yeah, he pushed some stuff. He did a lot of checkdowns. But um, I I feel pretty good about him being named the starter, which I think from the play on Saturday, it's safe to say this is Kyle's job to lose. Uh, What do you think? No, totally agree. And I think you kind of have two storylines coming out of Saturday. One... You know, maybe some gamesmanship, because as we discussed last week, Ohio State had a member of its staff from last year join Indiana staff, uh, that that defensive coordinator that they've got, and maybe days throwing out, you know, a little bit of fake news in the press conference leading up to the first game, you know, saying that both quarterbacks deserved premium snaps, like meaningful snaps in that game, because that's just not how it played out in reality. And You know, uh, Devin Brown gets out there, probably, you know, something like seven total snaps in the game, most of them handoffs, really no chance for him to, you know, show off his skills. And you kind of walk away thinking, you know, not that Brown's bad or McCord is walking away with it, just, you know, what Day said in the press conference just wasn't true. You know, whether it was gamesmanship or whether he got in the game and kind of seized up, which we've talked about before, is something that coach day will do and kind of tighten the close the playbook off a little bit but brown just didn't get that many meaningful snaps and we're looking forward to this saturday because i really think that we're going to get to see him play uh which is really exciting and we'll get into that with the preview but i want to turn the lens to kyle mccord really quick here's a guy who's been in the program for three years who you know in cj's first year kyle mccord was a true freshman and back then You know, C.J. goes on the road and wins kind of a gutty game to Minnesota, you know, a couple of years ago, comes home and loses a a nasty game where we just get outclassed on the field by Oregon, you know, comes into the stadium and just beats us straight, straight up beats us. And back then people are calling for Kyle McCord to be the starting quarterback because they're ready to, you know, just destroy C.J., and look where that took us, right? CJ goes on to have two Heisman finalist seasons. He's an unbelievable player, and with a better defense, maybe a, maybe a national champion twice. You know that that's how good CJ really was at Ohio State. Um, obviously, just revisionist history. Looking back, you turn the page to this season, and all of the all of the eyes, all the stress, all the pressures on Kyle McCord. You know, back in the spring. Everybody's talking about it. You know, Devin Brown's an athlete. He was a great player from where he came from. He's an awesome recruit. He's probably going to play here at Ohio State someday. But Kyle McCord has been waiting, you know, for his opportunity. He's been under the tutelage of, of Ryan Day and Corey Dennis, the quarterback coach. And hopefully he's ready. And what we saw on Saturday, I think at the beginning, is the result of backup quarterbacks in Ryan Day's program not getting meaningful snaps while they're young. Okay, that's not a critique on that decision. That's not, you know, calling out day. I think a lot of people know I'm a Ryan Day fan. I'm a huge fan. I'm very thankful that he is uh, the coach of the Buckeyes. But a critique of him these last few years is, you know, we get up 50 points in some of these games. And it's like, why are we not seeing the young guys out there, you know, being able to throw it around more than just handing it off when we get into garbage time? And the result of that is we turn the page It's Kyle McCord's McCord's time to shine. And it almost felt like those first, you know, handful of drives, it was like, okay, this is what it feels like, you know, to be a quarterback out here on the field, like maybe a little extra time as he's going through his reads, maybe a little quick to go to his check down before he, you know, takes a bomb all the way down the field. But I, I really did think, and I want to say this because so many people were killing him after the game. And if you look at the stat line, it's nothing to write home about. If you watch McCord's game, and you watch it throughout the game, and and you take into account his one interception was a nothing interception. It doesn't really even, if you think about it in the way of the game, it doesn't really matter. It was fourth and five. Uh, you never want to take a sack on fourth and five. He's trying to make a play happen. His receiver gets tripped up on where the ball was supposed to go, so he just tries to make something happen, and that interception happens. Whatever. You know, it's a turnover regardless on fourth and five. Marvin Harrison... He has an awesome, probably a 35-yard pass where he just drops it in the bucket in the end zone. Um, they call, they called the touchdown off because McCord got shoved out of bounds, and they didn't see the shove. They just saw him go out of bounds. So that was they one... They came back today and yeah. said that it was the wrong call, which is... Exactly. It's so valuable for a Heisman campaign and Marvin Harrison, you know, but that's and, fine. And, and so frustrating, and, and, you know, I don't want to bellyache because it's like, yeah, Ohio State fans, what do you have to complain about? But it's like... I feel like we get this over and over again where it's like the officials just straight up make the wrong call and there's not even a second look, you know, on the field. And right there if it in a game where maybe it's a one-score game, I hope they would have gone back to look at it cuz he did get shoved out of bounds. And that's the rule. You're allowed to reestablish yourself in bounds if a if a defender shoves you out. So that's just a whole 7 points that's taken off the board. And then uh another story that I don't even have as a bullet point Carnell Tate, true freshman. Not only is he featured in the offense, he's one of the main guys. He's one of the main targets that we're going to throughout the game and he's got one that McCord puts right on his hands in the end zone. It's a great pass. It's between a couple of defenders and as a freshman he takes a hit. And and with the hit, the ball comes out. It's no longer a touchdown, but the throw was there. You just need the receiver to bring it in. Man, if you have two of those on the board, and you factor in that the interception really is not a, a true, true interception. McCord had a pretty darn good game. And and thinking back, you know, just looking at his presence in the pocket, he looked steady. He looked confident with the ball in his hands. He had a pretty good awareness of where guys were around him. The offensive line did nothing to help him, which we're not even going to get into this episode because <laughs> we're going to pray. We're going to wait a few weeks here and think, hey, the offensive line needs a few weeks just to gel together but nothing to write a home about with our three starters uh, uh, coming out of the Indiana game. But again, that's a unit, that's a position on the field that sometimes it just takes time, you know, for them to grow together, which is totally cool. Um, our sister Caroline's going to be thrilled when Luke Montgomery does get starts as a true freshman sometime, a Finley native from Ohio, a great offensive lineman. That's definitely going to be an awesome Buckeye at some point, just not starting yet. But if the line keeps going the way it is, I bet we're going to see him on the field this year. So all that to say, McCord's debut, I was pretty happy with it. I know you're going to be thrilled coming out of Saturday because the Buckeyes are pretty much going to choose how many points they want to score uh, against Youngstown State, which we'll get to. Um, Adam, just a couple other storylines, and then we'll move on. Chip him. I mean, you know, we talked about the running back room going into this season. You and I were very excited for Henderson to be healthy, and he looked good. Travion looked good. It was just he was getting tackled in the backfield, you know, pretty early on in that game. Because of the offensive line, we were excited about Mayan Williams, uh, the wrecking ball, who came in in short yardage and knocked in a few touchdowns. But Adam, talk to us a little bit about Chip Trainum. Chip Trainum uh, from Ohio State's official box score PDF, uh, Demonte Trainum, I suppose, is his first name. Uh, phenomenal performance. Uh, kind of a dark horse going into the year for the running back room. Just basically took as much advantage of the opportunity that he was given as possible. Eight attempts, 61 yards gained average 7.1 on the ground. You can't really ask for much more from a running back. It seemed like every time he picked an edge, he went out on the outside, he found 10 yards every time. And uh, just that first cut speed with the size that he is really impressed by him. I hope we see it throughout the season, but I think that that running back option three. (laughs) Well, it's, What you ended with is what I think the story is. I mean, is he the best running back we have? Because if you watch just Saturday, you're like, I don't know that I want the ball in anybody else's hands. I mean, he's a playmaker. He's fast. He can beat you on the outside. But the dude is a beast. I mean, if you look at him running the ball, he runs hard. He'll knock a guy down or make a guy miss. I mean, he's got both of those in his bag. Um, yeah, I, Chip, I don't Chip is a guy yeah. on the team that, He's a guy that's not quite found his place on the roster yet. He spent some time with the linebackers last year adam he was brought in as a linebacker transfer well, he's quizzed uh, the 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 whole linebacker course quizzed who who's the fastest linebacker everyone says chip train him uh who who's the strongest linebacker same thing chip train him every every person on that uh skill position said the same thing i I think he's a sleeper this year for running back uh, and, and the good news is we've got two, you know, amazing guys right ahead of him. And this might be running back kite by committee with maybe the strongest uh, group in the country. So I would say that that exciting. was one of the more exciting things I think coming out of Saturday. I, I just thought we've got guys. I mean, we are deep in the running back room and that's great because it's a long season. And we saw last year, you know, it doesn't take much, you know, a couple injuries and you get real short back there. And, and if you lose talent, you know, that's a big drop off. But the good news is we saw these three guys. We got other guys. We got Evan Pryor sitting back there who has real game experience. Um, uh, Hayden, Dallin Hayden, who showed us last year that he is a dog, you know, out there on the field. So the good news is, and, and this isn't too much of a surprise, but we just got playmakers on offense. I mean, uh, up and down the line and really the quarterback's job is just gonna be to get it in their hands and the offensive line's job is gonna be to make sure they don't get tackled before the ball's in their hands out of the backfield. So if we can get some of that corrected, we're we're gonna be in real good shape. Adam, last thing from last game Kate Stover. Gotta be Kate Stover. Career high ninety-eight yards on five receptions. Almost had a touchdown that would have ended up on ESPN's top ten had the Indiana safety not done a great shoestring wrap tackle to bring him down, but the bull was in the China shop he was eaten. He was a great option for McCord, and uh, it seems like he's back to to a hundred percent. And I'm just all the love in the world for a fellow ASM uh, major and uh, doing amazing things on the field. Yeah, we're gonna have to buy some Stover Farms hoodies. I think at this point, um, the guy's a beast. You know, we uh, we were at day one. You know, this is again season six for Silver Bullet Saga. We were talking about Cade in the first season of this program. We were talking about it when he recruited. When he was recruited when he committed to Ohio State, and it's just so fun to watch him and just unbelievable every Saturday, you know, for forever, you know, in our community, he's gonna go down as a buckeye great. We'll see Stover jerseys, you know, for a long time after this season. But so fun in a game like this where the offense was really slogging, you know, pretty much all game, not not really finding a total rhythm. Who's there? Old reliable, the guy who's just gonna catch it every time the ball hits his hands and, and make a play. Kate Stover and just a steady, you know, nice veteran presence for the young quarterbacks making some plays happen. So couldn't be happier. Five catches like 98 yards for Kate on Saturday. Hope he continues it all season. Um, but that was just awesome. Everybody knows that. And and he's the GOAT. Um, Adam, let's give like a couple minutes to Youngstown state and then we'll get into the corner. Um, on Saturday, Adam, myself and our father, Alan Vonderhaar making the trek, Uh, the pilgrimage to Ohio stadium. We're going to be in the shoe on Saturday. So we'll give you those firsthand accounts, maybe a halftime report. If we get the cell phone out, we might give you a little live action to throw into the podcast next week. Um, You know, Youngstown state comes to town um, all time, you know, favorite Buckeyes guys ever, whatever Jim Trussell, right? President at Youngstown state past coach for Ohio state. Um, Jim is retiring at the end of this year, president Trussell, from Youngstown State. But before he did, he brokered this deal. So last year we were scheduled to play, I think it was San Diego State was who we were uh, up against this season. Um, they pull out due to just all these changes with the conference alignment and you know where, where people are playing. So it's like, oh, who's Ohio State going to play week two? Well, who brokers the deal? None other than the Senator. President Trussell puts ink on paper. It gives the Buckeyes an opponent and it gives Youngstown State of nice, healthy $800,000 check uh, for making the drive across uh, I-70, just across the state to get over here. Um, FCS opponent, our first one since 2013. So Buckeyes playing the FBS. FCS is the next rank down for those at home. Um, Essentially, all that means for us is, pretty much nothing you see on Saturday is going to matter in the grand, grand scheme of things. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get a nice opportunity to hopefully see the offense getting rhythm. Kyle McCord's going to throw some nice passes uh, to our talented receivers. You're going to get to see um, Devin Brown play as long as he's healthy. You may even get to see Lincoln Keenholtz, our next quarterback, play. Um, that'd be a, a pretty cool thing for us while we're out there. But yeah, Adam, anything you're looking for for Saturday or anything you're looking forward to? Hope to see uh, a well-oiled, at least a little bit more oiled machine on offense. Uh, Hopefully see Kyle settle in a little more. Offensive line with a week to practice film, technique, just try to get a little better. This is a good uh, sharpening the uh, blade uh, game for the line. I'd like to see them look dominant, let Kyle have plenty of time. Um, The line, we'll get to the line, but it's pretty major. I'd love to see it. Anywhere near covering this spread, I'd be pretty happy about that just to see the offense uh, churning the way we're probably going to want it to be. But uh, no, just excited to be in the stadium. It's it's a favorite time of year. Really, it's always a fun experience on campus. And even if the competition isn't through the roof, it's uh, you can't beat the band and uh, very excited. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Hope we get this call session if we get there early enough Saturday, but it's going to be a great day. Weather's supposed to be beautiful. It's the alumni band day, which is always fun. They'll do the four script Ohio's there in the stadium, man. Would it be cool if they invited the Senator Jim Trussell out there to dot the eye, uh, kind of in his, you know, ceremonial end, uh, for his career in college and college athletics. So we'll see. I mean, that's kind of a pipe dream, but if it happens, we'll say Ryan predicted it here on the podcast. Um, other than that, you know, it's going to be a great day. Weather's supposed to be great. Let's just root for the offense to look clean, start getting in rhythm. And in the defense, you know, it's going to be a nice kind of a spring game-esque practice, but getting ready for the next week. You know, Western Kentucky comes to town. They're going to have a nice offense. They got a guy that can really throw the ball, which I'm really excited to see, um, you know, how the defense pairs up to a nice passing defense. Last week, we really got a, a pretty good taste of, of just running the ball, you know, stopping the, stopping the uh, stopping the leak, you know, as it were, uh, next week, we'll kind of get the opposite A total passing offense. What does it look like when we kind of have those, those quicker packages out there when we're shifting in the safeties that can cover guys? Um, so looking forward to it, but this weekend, just a nice celebration of Buckeye football, a time to get into the stadium, time to look forward to things. Adam, why don't you take us in to the gambling corner? Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> That's right, Ryan Gutentag. <laughs> Quick recap from last week. Tough week, as always, week one, and I've got a little data to help help us all have a sane mind going into uh the start of next season. But just to recap, uh Adam delusionally took Miami of Ohio against the U, uh sixteen and a half point spread. were pretty much nowhere near covering that one. That was a that was a blowout. So Ryan, Stan, and Abram were right on that. Penn state with the last second cover of the 20 and a half point spread against West Virginia. Adam was the only one that had that one. And then of course we were all wrong. uh, Ohio state minus 30 Indiana Hoosiers. Now anybody that watched that game saw we were, we actually had a chance to cover that uh, in the fourth quarter. It just uh, just needed a couple things to go our way and it didn't happen, but that's sports. And uh, this is not a financial advice show. So moving on to this week, um, just to recap Ohio State week ones in the last five years this is this is kind of the day era of not covering the spread week one uh, you look at obviously this year against Indiana didn't cover last year against Notre Dame didn't cover against Minnesota two years ago you remember CJ Stroud's week one struggles it was a push uh 2020 the covid year the only of the group against Nebraska actually covered that one but was that a true uh, week one game uh, with Justin Fields at the helm uh, six weeks into the college football season in the middle of COVID? I don't know if that's technically the same thing. And Good then, of point. course, 2019, <laughs> 2019, FAU, uh, a lot of people had us covering that one. Uh, it didn't happen with Justin Fields. I mean, even with Justin Fields, we didn't, you know uh, Nebraska, we did, but you know, five years, we only covered once in all of those. And that, that was, that was, was, a, that was a Lane Kiffin, and, Florida Atlantic. People forget. yeah, Lane That, Kiffin, that uh, wasn't Florida, your normal Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. So all that to say is, um, it, and this is advice we need to take next year is you don't need to, uh, feel like you need fade to the put any money. Week, yeah. Fade them, uh, um, the, the, se- the, the, the second year quarterback does help. Uh, Obviously the Nebraska situation, if Kyle stays, but anyway, just, uh, just something to keep in mind. Uh, this offense takes a little bit to get going and uh, hopefully the defense is better. That'll help in these spread covering situations. Keep that other team off the scoreboard, but uh, going into this week, a couple really interesting games. I just uh, kind of threw these together because of course we got to talk about the Rivertown rivalry, uh, Tony Pike, uh, Pike to Ben's, uh, you know, 2009 or whenever that was. Uh, Cincinnati's taking on Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, it's a 7-point spread. Anybody that caught the Cincinnati game saw that the biggest question that university has going into the season was wide receivers and uh anybody who watched it against Eastern, Eastern Kentucky saw they uh they might maybe had it figure have it figured out. But uh I'm going to be uh taking the points and uh I think they have a chance to actually money line this um but Ryan, what do you think? What do you got on this one? Yeah, we're the we're the same here, Pike to Benz, you know, absolutely. But um Emory Jones, uh something that wasn't mentioned here. Emory Jones is starting quarterback for Cincinnati, I believe, who was at one time a number of years ago a committed Ohio State quarterback. Uh I believe he found his way down to Florida or somewhere in the south and then eventually ended up in Cincinnati. Um Obviously was a beast at some point to be able to get an offer from Ohio State way back when. Uh, looked good in his debut, even though it was with a lesser opponent. But you got to give, give me the Bearcats, Adam. Uh, give me the Bearcats all day, twice on Sunday, when they're not playing the Buckeyes. So plus money, I'll take it. Yeah, that was 13-66 uh, to 66 for anybody that didn't catch that game. It was a real blowout. But uh, anyway, it should be a fun one. Always fun when you see football's good. It makes it more exciting for the state. Moving on uh, next, we've got uh, Nebraska uh, against Colorado. Ryan touched on it earlier. Colorado shocking the nation, beating what Vegas, I think, believes is a terrible TCU team because the line for this game does not uh, really uh, reciprocate the results of last week with the upset over TCU. But uh, Nebraska is heading down to Colorado. This is an old uh, rivalry, these two universities, and it's only a three-point spread. Um The only reason I am favoring uh, taking the points in Nebraska is because of how small that line is. I think Vegas knows something uh, that the rest of uh, the country doesn't. So I'm going to be taking the points in the Big Ten team. Ryan, uh, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm glad you did that because this makes it a little more fun, us being able to split um – for no reason other than I'm not going to feel good about myself when I turn this game on and say, oh, I've got Nebraska plus three. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Coach Prime. I'm going to take his son, Shadar, Sean Sanders, and uh, what's his name? Jordan Travis, that absolute beast that plays Amazing. both ways. Um, they're the most exciting team in college football out of week one. Yeah, uh, yeah. lay the points down. I'm, I'm going with Colorado. I like it. I like hey, it. Also, and Adam. For- also, Adam. I watched Week One, Nebraska, Minnesota. Yep. I'm not betting totally on Nebraska fair. to do anything until they prove it. That's fair. That's totally fair. I'm I'm going more of small number. Something's up, but uh, obviously Vegas was wrong last week going into TCU as Colorado was a twenty and a half point dog to TCU. Would have been some good money line. Anybody that believes in the Dion program, but uh, no, this is this is good. Uh, moving on to our final game of the week, Ohio state, a forty-one and a half point favorite over Youngstown state, the trestle bowl, as it were, uh, very excited for this one. Excited to be in the stadium, Ohio stadium on the banks of the Olentangy. Um, probably man, 41 and a half just feels like a lot <laughs> so, from what so I saw against points. Indiana. So many, um, points. just because I want to be wrong. I'm going to be, uh, taking the points and going with Youngstown State on this one. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, we just got done talking about this. Just to have something a little fun to root for, I think I'm going to go Buckeyes. I'm going to lay the points down, and we're just going to cheer on just go. a crap ton of touchdowns. I mean, I, we're looking at, for me, and, and not that we even need the scores with this one, but I'm hoping for like a you know, 52-3 you know, victory Ohio state. The other thing going into this, I'm hoping to see is if the defense is really going to be a top 10 defense, we got to see it against good teams. We also yep. have to see it against bad teams. And saw uh, this is a week. game. I'd love Give to see credit. the defense. Just really exactly three po- guys. How many times in the last three years have we held a team to three points? It, there was always a play breaking down against even the worst. Adam, I, I think opponents. they said 28. I think they said like 2019. Yeah. Like it's so been like that. Buckeye four fans years. <laughs> not not that I'm defending what the team looks like this season, but how refreshing it is to hold a team to three points. Um it, it's it's an impressive feat regardless of who you're playing. So hopefully we see um I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna try and make a prediction. I would love to see a shutout. As it's, it's been a long time since we've seen one. I'm gonna go uh, and this is gonna go against my pick because I think Ohio State's gonna be somewhere in the I'm going to say 45 to zero is what I hope the score is at the end of the game. Just barely covers with no points allowed by Youngstown state. Ryan, what do you got? So you're going against your pick with, with your points. I am. Yeah. I want to see it. 52, three, 52, three, right. I like it. I like what, it. what's tough about the shutout what's is it? if you are Youngstown state walking into the shoe on Saturday, if you can kick a field goal, it feels like you win the game. I mean, if you get literally, if you yeah. get on plus territory and, and kick a successful field goal, it's 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 a great program win. And awesome, you know. It, I just I, it, I know Jim Knowles' yeah. whiteboard says nothing. We're not giving them yeah. anything. You know, that's that is the which is great. That's great. What is objective going into this game. Yeah, but love it. Uh, we'll, let's see. We'll see. That's all I got. Yeah. Well. Adam, thank you for another riveting corner and and Adam's gambling corner, obviously, and and keeping track of the picks this week, but also all season. Um, Once we get into a conversation where we think we might have a guy on the team that could win the Heisman this year, we might have a section devoted to that conversation. We don't add a week one, but we'll add it in uh, if we can going forward with that. Adam, for the family, for the friends, for the Buckeyes at home, rooting around all around the state, uh, we're thankful Buckeye football is back. It's a great thing to have on Saturdays. Looking forward to being in the stadium on Saturday, rooting on the Bucks against Youngstown State. For the good folks at home, for the dogs on the podcast, thank you for joining. Here once again, the Silver the bullet. bullet Saga. Saga. Yep. 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 Yep.
1: Interception Lions.
0: They're taking that one to the house live on the I'm recording. sure there's a flag on the play. Must I'm be sure. a flag. <laughs>